I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. Here, we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. If you're new to the podcast, welcome, and if you've been here a while, thank you. If you have questions, a new element we've added to the podcast this season is a Q&A session with me, which I will be uh, podcasting once a month. So you can email me those questions at ldsbquestions at gmail, obviously life, death, space between questions at gmail. That will be on my show notes as well. And today I'm very excited to welcome Jane Thompson to the show. Jane had a profound near-death experience in 2008 while in the emergency room. She was taken to the hospital with a sudden illness one morning, and by that afternoon, the illness had progressed rapidly. Leaving her body, entering the light, and being in spirit form changed her life dramatically. The process of integrating the after-effects of her NDE was very difficult. Having overcome these challenges, she knew it was an important part of her life's path to compassionately help others with their own personal transformations. Jane's focus is now on helping and healing others. She is an intuitive healer, psychic medium, and spiritual gifts coach. Jane consults with others from around the world who have felt challenged to cope with the many changes that often accompany spiritual awakenings. So like many of my previous guests, Jane, you had a near-death experience. And we're not going to talk about that today because I think you've given many, many interviews on your near-death experience. Your your information will be in my show notes. But we are going to talk today because in January this year, I'm really focusing on on how people's experiences with death or views of death can really help them live more fully. And I wanted to talk a little bit about alignment today, which is a perfect kind of dovetail to last week's episode where we did talk also about alignment with a different guest. Um, But talk to me a little bit about kind of where joy begins when you have a spiritual transformation. Joy begins, it starts to begin or you get glimpses of it as you really start to have that um, confidence that you're coming back into alignment with your true self or with your soul's purpose. Um, After we have these spiritually transformative experiences like an NDE or something similar to that, we go through these deep transformational periods of healing and um, that can be, you know, a lot of what people are calling it now is the dark night of the soul. And um, those can be very challenging times when we really look at our trauma wounds and, and those healing times can be difficult, but we come into joy once we make it through that deep healing and we start to come into more of a sense of who we truly are and what we were put in these bodies and on this earth to do. And when you have a confidence and when it just feels right, that's where the joy really begins. So you said 
when someone's had a spiritual transformative experience, yours was an NDE, but what are other, what's another example or some other examples of those for people so they can begin to recognize it? Because most people haven't had an NDE. Right. It can look a lot of different ways. Um, people can have an out-of-body experience. Um, people can have an ex- uh, profound experience during meditation where they feel like they float out oftentimes um, the death or passing of someone that they're really close to can trigger a spiritually transformative experience. It's anything that really takes you outside of your physical self and triggers a need to have profound change and profound healing. So it's almost like that quest for kind of what is bigger than me, how to make meaning, how to make, I don't want to say sense, because I think that there's often things that we can't cognitively make sense of, but how am I living true to my soul? That's exactly right. And um, I think another way to trigger an experience like this is sometimes we can fall so out of alignment And for decades, we can live this way, which can lead to breakdowns even, um, where you just, it's just not working for you anymore. And that can lead to um, wanting to make these changes or looking at what's bigger than us, just looking at things differently so you can get into alignment and really just feel better. Mm -hmm. And I think as you're talking, one of the things that I'm thinking about is how physical but also psychological symptoms can manifest as this. So I think, you know, I certainly know for me, when I feel not in alignment, I start to get anxious. That's a big, that's a big um, red flag for me is like you are not in alignment right now because you are feeling pressure or stress or anxiety or stomach aches or however that manif- however that anxiety manifests for different people i think oftentimes there's physical symptoms that show that you aren't in alignment absolutely and um psychological cues physical cues really are barometers oftentimes for where we're at and can be an early warning system for us of we're starting to fall out of alignment or we're heading towards something that doesn't fit, Um, especially if it's something that we've healed through. It just doesn't fit anymore. And so getting in touch with those cues and what they are and listening to our bodies can really help us from heading towards a breakdown or having these massive experiences um, that can be more difficult to navigate. But I think part of coming into the joy is you do tune into what your little triggers are or what your barometer is or how your body talks to you so you can catch it early. The Body Keeps the Score is one of the best books that I've ever read, and I wish that everyone would have a chance to read it because it's really genius about um, teaching the way that 
every interaction that we have and every emotion that we have and every trauma that we've endured, it, it affects our nervous system. And we, you know, every emotion, it all has this energetic charge to it. And we either store it in our body or we release it. And culturally, we're just not taught to release it. So we keep everything inside and we store it in our bodies and we store it in our internal organs and it affects our nervous systems. And when we reach kind of max capacity, that's when it starts coming out sideways and we start getting physical illness. And a lot of times it's illnesses that can't be diagnosed or explained. They just can't figure out what's going on or unexplained physical pain. Um, We can develop addictions, crippling anxiety and depression, and really just a lot of coping mechanisms that aren't working. And so as we start to get in touch with the sensations in our bodies, we can start to release all of that. And we can start to become really companions with those sensations because the messages are so valuable that they're giving. Um, But the more we can release trauma, the more we can release that energetic hold, the more we can regulate our nervous systems, the more peaceful we can be. And the more peaceful we are, the more easily we can tune into our intuition. And then the more easily we can come into alignment because we just are in that state where we really just get more into the flow of life. Mm -hmm. And how do you, from your perspective, deal with that? Because I know how I would from my perspective, right? As a, as a therapist, you come in, you talk about your trauma, there's different trauma treatments, EMDR can be really good for trauma, tapping or EFT can be really good for trauma. Um, But what do you do being more of a, a light worker to deal with something like that? Sure. And I have been in therapy and I've done EMDR, all of those are valuable. And I will still go back at times when I need to. What I've also added in is meditation. That helps a lot. Just finding that stillness and quietness inside helps you to release and to relax. Yin yoga or restorative yoga, where you use props and hold poses for anywhere from one to four minutes has helped me tremendously with release work. And um, what I do for myself daily is energy work because that's the kind of work that I do. So it's just easy for me to do it on myself too. Um, And I do white light healing on myself and prayer helps a lot. I'll ask for help with releasing. Um, The first thing I always do though, is I basically check in with the state of my nervous system and check in with the state of my body and see where I'm at. Am I gripping today? Am I flowing pretty well today? Um, Where am I tight? Where am I holding physical tension? And also, you know, how am I doing with my thoughts, because everything that we think sends an energetic frequency to our bodies. And so 
checking in throughout the day to see where those things are at helps me to know what I need to do to release at that point. And I see a healer as well. I don't do big work on myself because I need somebody to hold space for me when I do big releases. But when I do just little maintenance work throughout each day, that's more of some of the things that I'll tap into. Mm -hmm. And those are some of the things you encourage your clients as well to tap into. Yes. And it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people don't like to meditate. Um, Some people would prefer sound healing. And so a lot of it has to do with personality as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing, I was listening to a meditation and, or to a, a podcast on meditation. And one of the things that the, the person said was the, the, question that was asked is what's the best type of meditation? And the answer was whatever meditation you'll do is the best type of meditation because you're, you have to, it's better than nothing, basically. That's right. Whatever works for you. And I, I always tell people, if you're doing a guided meditation, make sure you like just the sound of that person's voice. If, if their voice is bugs you for some reason, don't do it. Don't force yourself to do it because the idea is to relax and unwind, not Mm -hmm. to be irritated. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about this concept? Maybe first explain sort of the different planes and the physical plane in particular, and then the concept of ozone. Sure. So physical plane, I never thought of where we are right now on earth in these bodies as being on the physical plane until I had my NDE. That sounded like woo woo talked to me. I wouldn't, I didn't, it didn't, I just never thought about it. But now that I've been outside of my body and in spirit form, and now that I'm back in, I do look at things differently. And I, I know that being in our bodies and on the physical plane, These are our greatest opportunities for learning. And these are our greatest opportunities for healing while we're here in this world. And um, it's really important to take advantage of those opportunities and to use it as a time to gain wisdom and to release on a soul level what doesn't work. And so this this is an important time for us here um, and then there's the, I guess everybody calls it a little bit something different, the plane, the, the, maybe the heavenly realm, some people may call it that, where you do go into that light when you fully transition out of your body. Um, that's a completely different spot than the physical, um, plane because we don't have the restrictions of our bodies, or the limitations of our brains. And um, there's so much love and healing and replenishment and peace there. And then there's a lot in between. And um, a lot of people will talk about the angelic realm and where angels reside. And angels really are energy, just like we're all really just energy. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of peace and healing there as well. And um, depending on what people's personal beliefs are, you can find light workers that can help you access those different realms um, and help to give you strategies to 
live in the physical realm with a little more ease. And what about the ozone? Right. So the ozone, I don't know if I'm the only person that refers to it as the ozone, but it's the only word that I can come up with. When I am working or when I'm doing a reading or a healing, I really go out of my body. And I always say I'm out in the ozone somewhere. I'm accessing something that's really not available in this physical plane. And so really when I say I'm out in the ozone, it's I'm not in, I'm not grounded into my body at all um, because I have to release those limitations Mm -hmm. and I have to release ego when I'm working. And if I'm too grounded in, I'm still too much me. And so that's the ozone. It's just kind of maybe some people may call it spaced out. (laughs) Or the space between. Or the space between. That's, yes, I like that. So you, and I want to sort of warn people that you should probably, if you're going to try to do this on your own, you should probably consult with someone who knows what they're doing because it can be really jarring for you to be practicing not being in your body or not being grounded and then coming back and being grounded because regardless of what you do or who you are, we still have to live in physical bodies in this physical plane. And so to just be, you know, trying to, to escape from that can be really, it can be really emotionally jarring if you come, when you come back to the physical body. Yes. And I would warn people, leave that up up to the professionals that can easily come in and out. Um, I spend a lot of time, especially with people who have recently or even not recently gone through a spiritual transformation. They are out in the ozone a lot. And a lot of the time I'm spending helping them learn strategies to get back in because to be out, you completely lose touch with your body and it's not a healthy state to be in. And so when you've had an experience where you do spend time out of your body, ultimately where the joy is and where the peace is, is to learn how to bring this physical world and that ozone world together. Mm Mm-hmm. That's where the peace is. And the only time I really allow myself to go out is when I'm working. The rest of the time, I'm bringing myself in. I'm constantly bringing myself back in because that's, yeah, that's not a good space. We're not meant to be out in the ozone when we have physical bodies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that can look all different kinds of ways for people, right? But I think people who are very, can be very energetically uh, sensitive will say, you know, I feel like I'm walking around all the time and, and I'm just getting all this kind of negative energy or whatever it is. And that when we talk about boundaries in a physical body, but there's also boundaries in a spiritual astral body as well that you have to hold in order to do this work, but also in order to be in this world. If you are an empath and you have any of these types of sensitivities, 
even if you're not an empath, but especially if you're an empath, boundaries are essential. And when you're floating out all the time, um, it's really tough to set those physical boundaries because you're not tuned into what's going on in your body. And so, yeah, it's always, it's just bringing the two worlds together. Mm -hmm. That's the key. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think I almost sort of think about it sometimes like, it's connected through the crown and it's sort of the reverse of my physical body, but there's always that connection. Like it's never a disconnect between the two where you're fully out because then you're not protected in, in any way. That's right. And if um, like for me, I'll go fully out, but I had to really, that, and again, that's only when I'm working. Um, I really had to work on that though, because after my NDE, I was completely out. And to be really honest, I, I wanted to stay out because it felt better to me. But I started to see the repercussions of that and that that was really no way to live. And so I had to learn how to come in and stay in and also, like you said, still be connected. Um, but that's a skill. And, and it's something that I'm even constantly fine-tuning as I grow and evolve and change. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about what exactly is the white light healing that you do. So with white light healing, I um, it, prior to my NDE, I was in the business world. I sold real estate for a number of years, and I was not I was not intuitive. I was not sensitive. I would say I was oblivious. Mm -hmm. I was living completely out of alignment. Um, and, and how was right, that manifested for you? I didn't really. Well, I was blissfully unaware at the time. Okay. Um, because I was just floating around day to day. And I did have some depression and anxiety that I dealt with, but overall I was kind of coasting through life or so it seemed. And then after I had my NDE, I realized that the business world didn't work for me anymore. And I had all of these sensitivities that I didn't know how to manage and I didn't know what to do with them. And a, a lot of areas for healing were coming up and I was realizing that I could move energy. And I, that made me very uncomfortable because I didn't understand what that meant. And, um, going through my own process of integrating the after effects of my NDE, I started to understand more the power of energy healing. And some of the common ones that you hear about would be Reiki, um, or healing touch. And I, um, saw a healer who was helping me and, and using a lot of those modalities with me. And I started learning how to use a lot of those. And they're wonderful, but every day, and still every day, it's been 11, almost 12 years since my NDE, but every day I still re revisit that white light because it was so beautiful and replenishing and healing and loving and peaceful. And there was no energy work that even 
really came close to what it felt like to be bathed in that white light. And so I would, I consistently would go back to revisit that. And I kept thinking, there's got to be a way to bring this down to do healing work so other people can experience how powerful this is as well. And so I started playing around with the energy of that and seeing how I could bring it in. And um, now the majority of the work that I do is white light healing. And I figured out a way to really essentially channel it and record it so people could experience it during guided meditations that I record. And that's ultimately what it was, was if people are ready for that type of healing, I wanted to find a way for them to be able to access it. And it took me a while to figure out how to do it in a lot of collaboration uh, with that white light to figure out how to make it work. But that's essentially what it is. Okay. And if people want to learn more about it or find out how would they do that? And what, what do you offer for them? Um, all of the information is available on my website, safehandshealing.com. And there's a tab for a membership that I created. It's called White Light Solution. And it's um, a teaching video once per month, just because it's nice to explore topics and understand them intellectually. And oftentimes, talking about a certain topic will stir up blockages and energy that are then ready to be lifted. And so then I also provide a monthly guided meditation um, that I record and it pertains to the topic each month. Ultimately, it's all about healing and clearing and release. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jane, and for reaching out and for listening to the podcast and now for being on the podcast because that's how we found each other. Um, but this was really interesting and I think fit so well with this concept of just encouraging people to, to be, to find a way to be in alignment. And I think that what my goal is here is just to expose people to all different modalities, because like you said, sometimes meditation works for someone and, and doesn't work for someone else. And sometimes sound healing can work for someone and not, and maybe it's therapy. I don't care per, anymore. I used to care much more when I was much more, not that I'm not connected to my ego because I still very much am, although working on that, uh, but that it was like, you have to be in therapy as a therapist. Now I'm very much of the mindset of let me help people find something that works for them to heal them. And whatever that is, if it's healing, great. And so thank you for offering us a perspective today on another form of healing and another way of being in alignment with yourself. And I hope that people will take a look at your website and will consider just other ways that they can continue to work towards being in alignment with their soul. And it's important to note that what works now really well may change a year from now. I know I've gone through phases where I was really into yin yoga for a while and it was profound healing for me. And then it shifted one day. And so being able to flow with that and know that it can, it can take on 
it can change shape. Mm-hmm. That's great. Great advice. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for your thank knowledge you. and wisdom and for sharing that with us. Thank you. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Curious about what comes next and what it all means? You can subscribe on iTunes. Just go to podcasts and find life, death, and the space between and hit subscribe. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. Ask me any questions you might have. Let me know what else you'd love to hear about or just share your story. I can't wait to hear from you.